Broadcasting from Mount Pleasant, Utah, this is the Sampete Horse Training Podcast. Sampete Horse Training's mission statement is simple, to send home a respectful, well-rounded, and well-broke horse that can handle a variety of situations. This is Eric Dent with Sampete Horse Training. Excited to have you along for today's podcast. I've got here with me Anna, one of our horse trainers. Hello, Anna. Hi, guys. So today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. So the topic for today's podcast is just having fun with horses. I think this is something that's missing today. In the horse owning public, everybody's so dang serious about showing their horses and whatever it is that they do that they kind of lose out on all the fun. So are horses fun, Anna? I guess they are. (laughs) So let's start out with this question. What's the funnest I don't know if that's really a word what's the funnest thing that you've ever done with a horse oh gosh there's been a lot but um most of my instructional riding was not as fun as I thought it was once I got into uh riding with friends and riding in the mountains and so I loved it and I was having so much fun but it consisted of being told what I need to do better uh, trying to beat someone else in a competition, stuff like that. And then the first time I actually rode with a friend just in the mountains, leisure trail riding. You know, I was in my early 20s, and I kept telling them, sorry, I'm not riding very pretty right now. And they just gave me the weirdest look and kind of hit me that they didn't really care how I was riding or what I looked like while I was riding, and they weren't ever going to notice And that really just kind of changed my perspective that time. And um, just my whole attitude relaxed about it. And probably the funnest time I've had was a really close friend of mine and I, we took our horses down to, to Bryce Canyon. And it was really just the whole experience, like, you know, a little truck and a two horse straight load trying to make it up a hill and we're starting out at 70 miles an hour and then we're at 35 and we barely are going to make it to the top. And my horse weighs like double hers does. And so every time she moves, you know, my friend's getting stressed out about the trailer moving and, you know, it's all fun and laughter and a little bit of stress and just getting there and trying to worry about ourselves and getting our tent set up. But the horse is loose in the dark, and now we're trying to find her, get carrots, and trying to get her, but she doesn't even like treats in the first place. And so uh, just the adventure that they brought, and then even just the trail ride was seeing, you know, a national park on horseback, and just the excitement that brought, and the connection with the horse that I was riding, and the connection my friend had with her horse that we were riding, and um, it was just a really eye-opening experience to how amazing horses are. So Bryce is down in southern Utah. I've never actually been there before, but it's a national park. What, mm-hmm. It's, what, like south-central Utah? Yep. So uh, you guys went down the road, like, pretty much all day through the park, didn't you, around the park? Yeah, so we uh, camped at an equestrian campground, which we assumed would mean that they'd have stalls and water, and that meant a hitching post, actually. So we tried to just tie our horses to the hitching post, but my friend's horse doesn't tie well. And so we ended up having to keep them in the trailer overnight, and they had way too much fun with that. And in the morning, um, we really didn't have any neighbors as campers. They were all out because the horses were playing with the buckets and uh, were calling out to each other and everything. So we rode it. We left at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, and we... Uh, It took a really, really pretty trail. We loved it, and it took us about six or seven hours, but we didn't realize that when that trail was done, it wasn't a loop. It came out uh, outside of the park, and then we rode five or six miles along the road uh, back to camp, um, which was really, really fun. It was still really scenic. It was just on, like, a bike trail, Um, so a lot of people wanted to stop and pet the horses. A lot of people we're pulling over on the road and taking pictures of us. So um, we left when the sun came up, and we came back when the sun was down. So it was a all-day sort of thing. 
Is that the day that you rode with the English saddle and the Western bridle? You were not supposed to say anything about that. Yeah, I figured no one would notice because there wouldn't be a lot of other horse people. There wouldn't be a lot of people around, let alone horse people. Um, but my English bridle was too big for my horse. And then my Western saddle just didn't fit her quite as well. And I was kind of worried about it being on her all day. Um, and I wanted to ride English. So I was like, you know, I'll just ride my English saddle and I'll put my Western bridle on her and no one will know. No one will be around. We'll be in the mountains. So I've got my English saddle and then a tan leather headstall with cowhide on it and conchos and leather split reins and a tom thumb leverage bit and yep there were a lot of people so no one commented on it so hopefully no one noticed but I'll tell you what I did not want those pictures put up on social media because I have a lot of horse friends and I would be judged (laughs) I remember one of the first times that I started to really have fun with horses was um I grew up up in Colville, Utah, which is about halfway between Park City, Utah, and Evanston, Wyoming. And um, for me, it was being up in the backcountry behind my house and on a really, really heavy snow year, going up there and getting into a big herd of elk. And because I was on a horse, the elk didn't really seem to care that I was there. So I got to ride right through them, and then, you know, eventually they kind of spooked and ran off, but I followed them for a little ways. That was just so cool. It just felt, I just felt so connected to nature because, um, you know, I was right in the middle of this big herd of a couple hundred elk um, and just there on the horse riding through them and being able to see that. So that was really kind of a fun, a fun type of a thing. So um, another thing that I remember when I was a kid was going up into the Uintas, which is a mountain range uh, in northeastern Utah, and we'd go ride one horse and pack another one, me and my friends, and we'd you know take turns riding and hiking, and we'd get up on the mountain and go fishing for a few days, and those were just super carefree days. I'm a little bit surprised my parents let me go by myself, but <laughs> it's kind of a different time, and that was that was a lot of fun. We had such a good time on those trips, um, and looking back, the horses probably lost 100 pounds during yeah. the trip because we were. Didn't really know what we were doing, grazing them and all that kind of a thing, but it was just a lot of fun riding 20, 30 miles up into the backcountry and and then uh, and then going fishing for a few days. So, gosh, there's so many fun things we can do with horses. So what are some other experiences, Anna, that you've had where you're just like, you know, if people just had any idea that they could do this with a horse, that, that you know, they would absolutely get into having horses? Oh, yeah. I think of my very, one of my very first memories of, Riding horse, probably the first time I ever galloped on a horse was, you know, I was pretty young, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten around there, and my older brother would ride this, um, ride our horse that we had for only a year or two, and I rode behind him. I never rode her myself. I always rode behind him, and so he would sit in the saddle, and I would sit behind, and I would just hold on to the, um, the cantle of the saddle, and. You know, we loped quite a bit through town just for short uh, instances on the, uh, for short periods of time, just along a block or so. Um, but we had climbed up into the, to the West Hills far enough that it opened up into a really big green pasture um, that had had cattle on it, but they must have just been moved off. And uh, he just let her run. And she was a pretty hot horse. And so she did. She just... There was no weaving or ducking and diving like you experience with, with a, almost I swear every other horse but her. But she just ran straight and forward, and when he let her go, she, she went. And I just remember looking at. Kept I kept looking at the shadow, um, of us because we were so everything was so smooth that I was like, is she really, running? Like what are her feet doing? Because everything is so smooth, and. I just remember seeing that shadow kind of out in front of us and her just reaching out and stretching out as far as she could and just that feeling of being free and uh, almost like I was flying. And I didn't have great balance then, but it was just I couldn't help but stick my arms out like I was flying. And it was just 
a feeling that I won't ever forget. And I swear, if anyone in this world felt that feeling, they would be addicted to horses like that. Yeah. That brings up a good point. The feeling that horses provide. So, um, one of the feelings that I love when you're around horses is the feeling of power when they're going uphill. Yeah. I love That's that feeling. It's just like this, there's just something different about it. And actually my kids have even mentioned this before. Like, dad, I, I love it when they go uphill. It just, just feels so cool, you know? And, and, uh, you know, there's something about getting into the, the steep country and pointing their nose towards the top of a mountain and just feeling them just dig like not a, not at a trot or a lope, but just at a walk that they're working their way up through the timber or maybe stepping over the top of some down, you know, trees and, but they're going uphill and they're just, just that power of their hindquarters, pushing them, pushing them forward. And I, I don't know how to explain it. If you haven't felt it, it's, it's different, right? Yeah. It's kind of a cool feeling. I, I don't know. Are there any things like that that you think of when you ride horses that just like a feeling that they provide? Oh man, I love it when I am jumping. You know, I've never really jumped high, but that's my favorite, favorite thing is just to, uh, you get kind of over the horse and you let the horse move under you. And that is the coolest feeling. And it's, you know, you feel really unbalanced and everything at first, but the first time that you are in you know, a proper position and you feel the horse actually move underneath you. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. It's just the power and the, um, just the movement and everything. It just gives you a thrill. And I don't know, there's just something about that trying to get it and trying to get it. And sometimes, you know, it ends up in the horse just kind of trots or trips over the poles and you can't help but laugh pretty hard. And, um, but just the feeling, yeah, of getting, up over their shoulders and then feeling them launch themselves over something is is a feeling I crave pretty bad. Yeah. Another feeling that I that I've uh, got to where I really like, and this is probably somewhat uncommon, but um, first time I ever felt this, I was out in Nebraska. I did an internship through Utah State University on a really really large cattle operation out in the sand hills of Nebraska, and I was actually um, out there and my parents came to visit with a couple of my siblings and they wanted to go for a ride. And so we only had a certain number of horses on the ranch. And, and, um, so my boss, kind of the foreman of that section of the ranch, he said, well, yeah, we can take them, but you're going to have to ride this one mare that I've got. And she hasn't been ridden for a while. She's an older mare, like 20, 22, something like that years old. And, uh, we saddled them all up. And as I went to get on her, he's like, just so you know, this horse is way too much horse for you. <laughs> and he's like, she's a lot more responsive than anything you've ever ridden. So make sure you hold on. And she must have been competitive in the working cow horse, um, you know, type classes. Um, and she's certainly been ridden on the ranch quite a bit. But I can just remember we were going uh, to gather this big pasture, about a thousand acre pasture of bulls just little yearling bulls to drive them into a different area for feed. And I can still remember, you know, I don't know if you've ever pushed cows, you're back behind the herd and all of a sudden one of them squirts off to the side and takes off back where they came from and you got to go after them. Well, well, this, this little bull, this little yearling bull takes off and goes kind of back behind us. And my horse was right there by him. And, uh, I'll never forget. I didn't even ask her to do anything. She just like <laughs> she went just into, went. you know, mm-hmm. working cow horse mode and there's a fence right there. So she just, I mean, in a half a second, she went from walking to like a dead run and she pins this thing up against the fence at like probably 25 miles an hour and cuts him off and then turns and goes the opposite direction, chases him back to the herd. And I like, I'm just shocked that I even stayed on that horse. <laughs> she was so quick. So kind of the feeling that came out of that and that I've experienced since then is just the raw athleticism of a horse, of a 1,200-pound animal that can turn on a dime and accelerate from 0 to 25 in two seconds. You know, it's just oh, it's just amazing how how athletic they are. And and beyond even the athleticism, the responsiveness, like you yeah. touch those reins to their neck and they're gone. 
or you you barely squeeze on them with your legs and they're gone like i just there's something about that's just kind of majestic and powerful I, you know and that's kind of a little bit more of a hot type of a horse but oh i just love that feeling it's just the coolest thing when you can actually handle a horse like that yeah and even i mean i love all of those feelings too but even just sitting on and riding horses around bareback i've always loved that because you're just you're feeling the horse's movement and even their breathing uh, just through your legs and everything much more than you would if you were in the saddle and just to be able to feel all of that oh that's pretty that's a pretty good feeling too yeah that's awesome so um you know back when i was in vet school i thought that i wanted to be an equine surgeon that was like my big goal and i was headed directly towards that i put a lot of work into it uh, it wasn't until right basically at the last minute that i was accepted to some internships that would have led me toward that and and i had um, my second child was due in just a few days and i decided that gosh it's going to be hard to to provide for my family and and go through four years of post-vet school education at you know whatever it is twenty twenty thousand twenty five thousand dollars a year and so i decided not to pursue that career path um, and i'm really glad that i didn't because it turns out i'm i'm working more with horses today in a little different capacity than i ever would have if i had gone down that that path um, but interestingly my life has been very different because of my interaction with horses um, than it would have been without and so there's a lot of veterinary medical or kind of associated things with veterinary medicine that have really influenced me as far as horses go and and uh, one of the things that's always been kind of fascinating to me is um, is doing surgery on horses even though I don't you know I didn't go do that residency I still do quite a few surgeries on horses and and uh, there's been kind of some comical things that have occurred I guess over the years with with horse surgeries and, and and things like that and i'll never forget you know I, I guess my point is is that that horses have led me to a lot of the relationships that i've developed uh, professional relationships personal relationships a lot of friends um you know the, the horse owning public is just a pretty cool group of people especially kind of the backyard and ranch horse owning public um and just never forget when I applied for a job up in Wyoming. I was actually doing the interview, and we were out doing some trichomoniasis testing on some bulls. And while we were there, the rancher was like, hey, I got a couple of stud colts I want you to castrate while you're here. It's like the stereotypical while you're here, doc, thing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and so we're in southwestern Wyoming. It's probably right around April and I'm interviewing and, and you know it's a little bit colder up there about 7,500 feet elevation and it's kind of a little bit of a rainy day and my boss my future boss the you know the guy that I was interviewing with he says oh I, he's like we have to do those at the clinic um, we, we don't do those out here in the field because you know the horses can get infected or you know different things like that and it's just a little more controlled environment and this guy's like well he's like I just uh, I just need you to get them done. He's like, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do them, then I'm just gonna kill them because I don't have the time to bring them in. And I don't think he's really serious, but but <laughs> he was threatening. He was talking my boss yeah. into doing this, and and so finally he's like, all right, well we can do them quick, but but you know let's let's get them in here quick. So he brings them in and tries to get a halter on them. These things are just wild as can be. So we put them into the cattle alleyway and put you know put a halter on them and kind of snub them to the side. And, inject them with the, the medication to knock them down and right about the time we let them out of the alleyway the rancher's like oh by the way this horse's daddy had one nut oh no <laughs> my uh guy i was interviewing with is like oh no we can't we can't do a crypt orchid surgery in the field that's got to be in a sterile location you know <laughs> anyway make a long story short the horse only had one nut of course <laughs> and i just remember uh I just remember, you know, doing this surgery. We ended up doing it out there in the in the pasture. My boss was super good at these, super quick. I think it only took him like maybe 20 minutes to do it, but um, made a flank incision, went in, grabbed the testicle. And so all of a sudden I was the anesthetist and I had to keep the horse asleep while he's doing the procedure. And 
And uh, I think that was one of the major reasons why I got that job is because I was pretty competent at that and they could see my skill set from it. But it led to a job and, and relationships that I otherwise wouldn't have had, which led me eventually to the area that we're in now and, and uh, you know, the, the people that I'm associated with now. And it's just amazing how that one interaction with horses just really changed my life. And, and I think that most people that are involved with horses, whether you're actually in the quote-unquote horse industry or if you're actually just kind of a backyard horse owner like me, it's kind of amazing how those relationships can just change your life. And um, that's always been kind of fun to look back over the last 10, 15 years and be like, man, I would be in a totally different place if it weren't for horses in my life. And that's, I'm, I'm super thankful for that. So, Oh, I just remember when I, I've just been really thankful for it. I had a neighbor when I was young and we had this horse and my, my parents were both city folk just trying to live in a small town and, and fit in. And so they had bought this horse, which was a rescue from a rescue from a rescue. It was just, I mean, I'm not exactly sure who paid who, but I know that the sheriff helped us get the horse there. Um, and he was supposed to be putting it down that day. So that's about all I know from that story. But um, she was just a really old, old mare, had hardly any you know, hair on her back and definitely no no meat on her bones and it took us quite a while to get her into good shape but once she did she never slowed down again and we had this neighbor that really really helped us out and was very patient with us I was looking through some old journals I had from when I was little and I am just amazed that um, she didn't step in she just let us go about it and I had written that our horse Bonnie was not behaving with this bit in her mouth. Um, and so we went to the neighbor and she told us it was too loose and it needed to be um, in behind the teeth. So I'm not sure what we were doing <laughs> with that, like where that bit was that she told us it needed to be behind the teeth. Um, so we went back and we tightened it and I wrote about how she still wasn't behaving. So we took it back to her and... And my neighbor told us that we needed a leather piece to go underneath the chin. And so we went and we got a leather piece and put it underneath. And then the horse, I wrote that the horse still wasn't behaving and we took it back to her. And then she said, it needs to go on the rings of the bridle, not on the leather. (laughs) I don't know how this horse didn't kill us and how she didn't step in, but she was just very, very patient and gave us um, enough knowledge to direct us. Uh, toward it and not make us you know just kind of let us let us figure it out ourselves Um, but she was kind of there always there in the background and uh, just just letting us kind of live the life instead of you know we had a lot of people that were pretty judgmental and they would um, um, we had another neighbor and we were you know struggling with this horse that you know obviously wasn't behaving for us and chances are because she would go back to the barn and we would get off and then she'd pull us back to her hay and we would get confused on what to do so we would get off and so we taught her a lot of very bad habits and we had another neighbor come over and he was a a really good rancher and so he was a really good writer and he got on her and I just remember being so amazed that he took this crazy horse this crazy saddlebred horse that her head was always so high in the air and then he was loping her in these tight circles and her head was curved down and her face was giving to him and her tail was down and he stopped her and she stopped so hard and then she just started backing up so fast and he spun her a few times and he loped her in these tight circles and I just remember being so amazed by him that how did he make her do that and how was she so perfect for him Um, and so he got off and said that she was a perfectly well-trained horse and we she just was too much for us which was definitely true Um, and he left and of course she was still saddled and I never really I never rode her I was still at the time when I was riding behind but I was like well I'm gonna like I can do that then and I got on her and it it just it did not go well pretty sure we ended up in the lean-to and I was trying to get off before I got taken off by the roof. Um, 
but that just always stuck with me how did he how did he gain such control and how was he so confident and well it took me like 10 15 years to get to that mm-hmm. point uh but once i felt it oh that was a pretty incredible experience and it just kind of hit me pretty hard you know oh i find i finally did it it took a long time and it took a lot of instruction and a lot of books and a lot of practice but you know the little eight-year-old me was pretty proud that day (laughs) (laughs) that's great Uh, there's just so many different people that influence you in your life and and obviously horse people are right up there at the top of it so um you know another thing that i i like doing when it comes to to uh horses just having fun with them is just kind of messing around with them like and i don't really know how to explain this but you know you go riding and you have kind of the serious side of horses where you you know maybe trying to train them or trying to go on a trail ride or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. But sometimes it's fun just to simply mess around with them um, and just just kind of get to know them, I guess you could say. And I think one of the things that I recognized when I was a real young child around like neighbor horses and stuff is that they just smelled a little different, you know. Yeah. And, you know, when you're around them, they're just – they got that really – I don't know. You just, you kind of get addicted to the smell if you've ever smelled them. And, and then as you get to be an adult, you're so serious about everything that you're doing with horses. You don't necessarily smell that anymore, but sometimes just as simple as brushing them or, you know, combing through their tail or picking out their feet or I don't know, just sitting on them or, or whatever the case may be. I don't know. What do you do to mess around with your horses? I don't know. I do that a lot. Like I just like to, uh, be next to them, just stand next to them. And, Uh, I had a horse that was perfect for me in the sense that she was very, very respectful and not the, not pushy and not in my space, but, um, I could also invite her into my space or I could go into her space and she'd uh, nuzzle my face and my neck with her whiskers and she would never, ever, you know, I knew she wasn't going to nibble. I knew she wasn't going to push me around, but she was pretty much just breathing in and breathing out and just feeling my face and gives me chills every time, but I just loved that. And the other part was really, it's kind of silly, but I mean, I can never stop looking at their eyes. They're so big and, you know, they have such delicate eyelashes. I know that sounds really cheesy, but uh, horses have such big eyelashes and big eyes and, you know, you can almost see, you know, you can see yourself in them most of the time. And I mean, even to this day if you go look at the 5,000 pictures I took in this time period I can guarantee you that about half of them are going to be of the horse's eye like there's just something uh magical that doesn't matter if you're a kid or you're adult like it's just always going to feel magical yeah it's kind of interesting how just when you spend time with them and just hang out with them you see kind of a little bit of a different side to them right now we've got this mustang that we trained her a year and a half or so ago just for a short period of time. And, and she was really, really flighty and very concerned about people. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of fun just to, you know, she's still worried enough about us that if we're standing there, she won't eat. You know, yeah. she just stands there and looks at you. Um, and so, you know, a horse like that's a great example. It's just fun just get them used to you. Just sit there and watch them and, and be around them and just kind of let them you know, kind of get used to you being around. And, and, uh, I just think one of the things that I have always enjoyed is just watching horse behavior, watching them in a herd when you feed them and, you know, just their kind of their interaction with each other. Um, you know, I've got this kid horse right now that he's, he's definitely the bottom of the totem pole, but every once in a while he'll get a wild hair and think he's going to push another horse around. And it's kind of fun to just watch that and then watch them put him back in his place. And, you know, just, the whole horse behavior thing is really just very, very interesting to me um, that, you know, their personalities and, and all that kind of a thing. I'm not real big into the whole idea of like, you know, quote unquote, loving a horse or, you know, getting this amazing connection with them. I think a lot of times people uh, make that a little more anthropomorphic than it really is. 
but um, it's just always interesting to be around and they're they're truly kind of curious and interesting creatures when you just sit and watch them and just mess around with them and, and get them used to you so um, it's it's something that is is pretty fun so well that's the thing I love about horses that I think is just so fun is that they can be uh so scared of things but they can be so curious at the same time and it's always if you watch them it's like this battle you know raging inside their head whether they want to be curious about something or scared of it and I don't know it's something I just love watching them when they're interacting with with each other in a pasture or especially when you've got a newborn or you know a young colt when uh, they're just experiencing things for the first time they can't decide to be curious and then they're and they can't decide if they should be fearful, and then it keeps going back and forth, and it's just something that's really fun to watch. Yeah. I think that uh, when it comes to having fun with horses, obviously the more well-broke they are, the more fun they are. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty... Oh, I don't know. ...pretty good thing, you know? So, um, I, you know, I heard it said one time, there's a lot of different sayings out there from different trainers, but I kind of like this one that, and I don't know exactly who this is attributed to, you know, the original source, but um, the saying is that, have you ever noticed that when your horse is having fun, you aren't? Yeah. And that's, uh, that really is kind of true. So, you know, having fun with horses a lot of times does equal having a, a pretty well-broke horse. But, um, Anna, what are, what are some of the things, like, from an activity standpoint that you like to do the most with a horse? Like, the one thing that just is a lot of fun for you when it comes to, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an event or anything, but what is like the one thing that you just really like when you do it, you're just really having fun with a horse. Oh, whenever, I mean, it's pretty basic, but it's just loping. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that there haven't been times and there won't, will, you know, there are future times where loping isn't the most comfortable or, you know, it doesn't scare me a little bit, but I mean, that's the most basic thing I can think of. And whether it's riding a, a perfectly well-broke horse through a mountain trail at a slow lope or, you know, the first ride in the arena when they're ducking and diving and don't know which way to go, or even on the dirt roads when they're loping and can't decide if they want to, you know, lope backwards or forwards or what what they're trying to do. Just um, just that feeling has been, has been probably the best. Yeah, so. especially on a really well-broke horse that just kind of, stretches out and does that nice slow up and just I don't know I it. think the first try in the arena is still funner yeah. than that yeah it's a little sketchy but it's <laughs> uh, I can't help but laugh and giggle through the whole thing so yeah we've got quite a few videos of Anna doing that first ride yeah. in the arena and it goes anywhere from them trying to run away to kicking out to trying to duck and dive and she's pretty good at those so I, I think for me, there's probably a couple things that I just suit, like I really enjoy. I do enjoy loping down the dirt roads. That's one thing that I have a lot of fun with. I think for me, um, riding with my kids and my wife in town in the evenings, that's a lot of fun, especially during the summertime. We're usually just walking, but it's just, it's just fun. It's just a good, fun family activity. We're not going for a real long time. I just like that. It's just kind of a peaceful serene type of environment um i really enjoy that and then the other thing i really enjoy that just is a lot of fun with horses is cross-country travel on the mountain i like trail yeah. riding but i just soon not be on a trail yeah, i like to just go pick my own place and make a big loop from the trailer up on the mountain and back to the trailer or you know just kind of explore new areas that there's there's nothing about that that isn't just loads of fun um, and I, I really enjoy that. So uh, there was actually one ride. I don't know why Anna and I both remember this, but we always talk about it a few years ago where what was it, a couple years ago maybe. It was actually on your birthday. I didn't even know it was your birthday. Yeah. But we went and did that up on the mountain, and we were both riding some pretty green colts. And just ah, it was just a fun ride. It was just yeah. a, a good time. So. I'll tell you, those are, one of, those are probably my, my favorite things to do, but they're uh... – Ones I probably need to do if I'm following you because if I'm by myself, it's probably not going to end up that fun. Yeah, you'll get lost so, pretty quick. <laughs> so uh, most of the time, I am right when I know wh which direction to go, but 
there definitely are a few times where I'm not right. So, <laughs> yeah, I just really enjoy that getting in the back country, seeing different areas, different, you know, wildlife, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And obviously there are a lot of areas around here where you can't do that because the timber's too thick or, or whatever. Um, you know, you got to be on the trail, but there are also a lot of open areas up above the timber line where we can do that. And it's just a lot of fun. So can't say that we haven't gotten stuck in some down timber areas where we had to yeah. backtrack and work our way back <laughs> out of them or whatnot, but that's always been kind of fun to me. So, um, so I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to having fun with horses here, here's kind of my advice and I'm going to, I'm going to let Anna talk about this a little bit too. So I, I think that there are an awful lot of people in the horse industry that kind of take things too darn seriously. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, they can't just go have fun with their horse. I think this is probably a little more common in the show crowd. The type of people that won't let you ride their horse because you're going to ruin it. Or, you know, it's worth a certain amount of money or whatever. And it, honestly, I think most of these people are pretty miserable. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Anna. But I just, I've, yeah, my perception I is that they're pretty miserable. Um, I just think that there's a lot of really, really great horse people out there. And very few of them are all that experienced with horses. Or maybe the better way to put it is that they're they're a little more leisure with their horses. The people that truly are fun to be around, they're in it for the fun. They're not in it for the competition or for the money or the notoriety, the accolades, all that kind of a thing. I just really enjoy the backyard horse art, horse owning crowd. They they don't take things so darn seriously. They're in it to have fun. See, and I've been around kind of half and half in the show crowd, half where it really is a like a almost a job to them, and success only is determined by the number of ribbons or uh, points or anything that you get. And there have been people in the show crowd that I have connected with that, you know, they do the shows because they want to showcase their hard work and all the time that they have put in uh, with their horse in the background. And, and I think those people do have fun. And and most of the time, they are doing the exact same thing. You know, they're taking their horse out into the mountains every once in a while and just going on a fun trail ride every once in a while, just riding around the arena with some friends. Um, I think just kind of keeping it, you know, lighthearted horses are meant are meant to be work animals, but work doesn't always have to be have to be work so yeah so if you run into people that you know you don't really enjoy being around in the horse industry then go find other people to ride with because there's a lot of really cool individuals out there and it doesn't seem like it matters where in the world that you're at there's just a lot of really really neat people in in the horse industry that uh, that really do enjoy being around horses and enjoy being around other horse people um, here in America, we have a lot of these backcountry horsemen groups, um, and it's there's a national organization um, that is called the Backcountry Horse Horsemen of America, um, and it seems like they they have a lot of really good um, folks that that become a part of that organization. It's kind of meant to to be associated with keeping trails open and um, you know, kind of making the public lands available to the, you know, the the public, you know, basically to the public, to the horse owning public. And so I think that that's something that uh, is really, really important. Try to get into groups like that or people that kind of follow that same way of thinking and, and ideology. So, um, you know, there's good people in every area of the horse world. But that's kind of one of those things that uh, just seems to be there are a lot of really neat people when you when you get into that type of a crowd. So um, we have a tendency at Sampy Horse Training to kind of draw the people that are probably not so much into the show crowd, and if they are, a lot of times it's it's people that are generally wanting a horse started, and then they're going to take it into a discipline. Um, 
we generally work more with kind of the backyard horse owner, people that, that just want a good trail horse or a good horse to ride kind of in general um, areas. And so that's something that I think is, is kind of a little bit of where we've leaned towards. So what, uh, what do you think about horses and families? Does that lead to any fun, Anna? Oh yeah. I mean, my, my brother and I have a million stories. Um, and just memories, even if they're just both of us, uh, you know, just feeding the horse one night, there's just, oh, there's just only good stuff can come from that in my opinion. But, um, I think it's something that really brings everyone together. Um, and it helps, you know, with confidence in some areas and, um, uh, just provides a lot of opportunities and it's just something that, you know, you can all do together, uh, whether it is just going out and feeding the horses or if it is taking them around town or if it's going on, um, some kind of camping trip, you know, it's just something that kind of brings, brings everyone together. I'll never forget this one ride, me and my brother, my younger brother, Steven, He's actually in orthodontics school right now doing a residency. And <clears throat> when we were kids, he, he enjoyed riding with me. We had two horses. And I'll never forget this one day. We were up on the, uh, the trail going to the Amethyst Lake up in the Uinas. And we rode for quite a while, went up, you know, went fishing. It was just, it was just a good time, just me and my brother. We were, I was probably 18. He's probably like 16, somewhere in there. And... Uh, I don't know why I remember this so much, but we were coming back down and his saddle wasn't quite tight enough and it ended up right between his horse's ears and just, uh, I was laughing my head off. It was so funny, <laughs> but I don't know, just, there's so many different memories that you can, that you can develop. And I think that doing it with family, I don't think there's anything better than horses to develop memories. It just, just leads to all kinds of really, really cool stuff where you're getting to know your family and, and be around them and, you know, and kind of de developing those uh, relationships. There's just something about a horse. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not noisy. I mean, you can go ride a four wheeler or go ride a side yeah. by side or whatever, but you can't even hear each other, you know, or you might go to, you know, to a baseball game, but you're not really interacting with them. But horses, there's true human interaction, like constantly. Right. And I think that's always been kind of a fun thing for me. I don't know. Gosh, yeah, there's a lot of deep conversations my brother and I had at, at 8 and 13 years old on the same horse just because we're riding in the mountains hours, you know, for hours and hours. Um, there's just a lot of important relationships that I've built through uh, the time, you know, and I've been really lucky to be able to be paid half the time I'm doing that, you know. Yeah. And um, it's just been a really special uh a lot of special moments and experiences that really wouldn't have happened any other way. Yeah. You know, I've even got memories with my youngest sister that's eight years younger than me. And, and, uh, gosh, there's just, just a lot of really, really good, enjoyable times, you know, and, and that that's going way back, you know, 20, 25 years ago. I just think that it's a, it's just a lot of fun. So here's a little thing that, that uh, I don't even know who wrote this. I think it might have might have been me. I'm not sure, but when we uh, we stuck this on our website quite a while ago, I don't know if it's still there or not. But this kind of describes a little bit about why horses are so fun for us. It says here we've never been the type that really care about competing on or showing our horses. We just love a good ride around town, a long trail trail ride in the mountain, a pack trip to go fishing, an evening ride at the arena or a good lope down the dirt road for a few miles. Over the years, we've learned that there is simply nothing better in life than a truly broke horse to have as a partner. We put an awesome foundation on your horse so you can take it in any direction you please. We love creating respectful, well-broke horses that are loads of fun to ride. So, so in order to have fun on horses, you gotta have a good horse. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so what are some features? I mean, even if people don't bring them in to have them trained by us, what are some things that you can do to make sure that you, you're having fun because your horse is good, good to ride? What do you think, Anna, are some of the things that lead to that? I think really just desensitizing them, and this is something that you can do 
especially around town, especially on the trail. Um, I think there's really nothing more fun than, you know, you're riding through the pine trees and trying to scoop snow off of the of the pines and make snowballs and throw them at each other, you know, and on horseback. And that's, it's really fun if your horses are desensitized to that, you know, and um, just making sure that when you're riding around that you're exposing them to a lot of different um, experiences and, and stuff that they're just not, you know, they're not too surprised by situations and uh, just keeping them, keeping them desensitized and everything is really going to, ensure that they're calm and you can be relaxed too. I think one of the things that's really made a difference for, for our family, um, especially the kids has been that, um, the more that you ride horses, the better they are. And, uh, you know, I always look at this, like, why would I even have horses if I'm not going to ride them? Yeah. You know, and, (laughs) and, uh, it just, it's so much more fun with kids when they can be confident and they're going to be confident, the better the horse is. the more you ride the horse, the better the horse is going to be. And so I think just consistency and that's different for every horse. Some horses you got to ride every single day. Others you can get away with once or twice a week or once a month or whatever. But I just think that, um, just riding a lot makes a big difference, really, really big difference on how much fun they are because then they're just getting used. And honestly, I think that the horses, it's not so much even just about humbling them, but I think the, uh, the horses enjoy it too. You know, they're work animals. Mm-hmm. Back a hundred years ago, these things were being used 20 miles a day. Yeah. You know, and we're lucky if we get 20 miles a month on them now, you know? So I think that makes a really big difference. Any other things you can think of, Anna, that make a big difference in making horses fun to be around? Uh, I was just going to, say the exact same thing just being you know involved with them every single day um or just really often you know getting to know them so it's not so as awkward I would say you know the first time you ride a horse you've never ridden before it's it's still fun because you're riding but you're kind of you're not sure if you know this horse very well um how it will react in this situation just the more you get to know them and know their personalities the more relaxed you're going to be around them yeah I think a variety of activities is good as well. I, I look at uh, the horses that have been used in the arena and around town and on the mountain. And, you know, you start listing off all these little things, you know, pulling the Christmas tree or pulling the kids on the sled or, you know, the, I think a, a wide variety of activities leads to a better broke horse. And that's something that I think is, can be kind of underestimated. I've even seen this with the backcountry horseman group where there are some horses, the only thing they do is go on trail rides. And I don't think they're nearly as well broke as one that's had trail riding and arena work or has had trail riding and been around town or whatever the case may be. So I think a lot of variety of activities makes a big difference. Just exposure. You know, horses that are exposed to a lot are going to be okay with a lot. Horses that aren't exposed to a lot, they're not going to be okay with a lot. So... So what is the single most fun moment you have ever had on a horse, Anna? Gosh, I don't know. Um, okay, well, while you're thinking, I'll tell you, okay. tell you mine. Yeah. So I was a senior in high school. It was Christmas. And my parents bought me a brand new bridle for my horse, Liz. She was half Arab, half Morgan, half crazy. And uh, she's actually a pretty good horse. She's about 15 hands, real petite, gray mare. And um, I really liked this horse. She's, she's pretty good. So they bought me this new bridle, so I wanted to go riding on Christmas Day. I still remember she didn't have shoes on her, and there was snow on the roads, but it was starting to melt off just a little bit. Not really ice. It was just snow. <laughs> And um, the night before, we had watched as a family the return to Snowy River. Oh, dear. We know where uh, this is going now. He's chasing the bad guy (laughs) on the the black stallion. And he's leaning forward um, on the horses, like right behind his ears. He's got his hands on the reins, 
right up behind the horse's ears and he's leaning forward like a jockey on a racehorse, right? Yep. And that horse is running for all it's worth. I don't know how they filmed without that without someone dying. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever and I'd never really actually run a horse before. And so coolest single moment ever on a horse was I rode my horse across I-80 right next to the Weber River. There's a little access road, dirt road right next to the freeway. And I kicked her up to a lope. Keep in mind, I hadn't really loped her ever. And I didn't really, I hadn't really loped ever. And then I'm like, I'm going to make her run. I'm going to be like, just like the return to Snowy River. And so I'm whacking on her and she's digging a little deeper and then I'm whacking more. And, and I remember I was too chicken to reach back and whack her over the butt. So I was hitting her on the side of the neck to get her to, and I'm lucky I didn't get bucked off, but just that feeling of every time I'd whack her on the neck, she'd dig just a little deeper. And then I'd whack her again. She'd dig just a little deeper. And she was running for what felt to me like all she was worth. She's probably not running that fast. <laughs> that was the first time I ever felt that, like, the horse dig a little deeper and go just, like, try to put just a little more effort in. And I just, oh, that was just amazing. It was, like, the best feeling in the world. And I'm glad I didn't die because if I'd fallen off that day, I probably would have never gotten back on again. <laughs> but I'll never forget that. It was yeah. just like kind of a little bit of a turning point for me. Like, oh man, I just love horses. It's just the coolest thing ever. Didn't last very long, but that was just really fun. A lot of fun. I can still remember that. That was, what, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. So. Uh, I don't know. Mine would have to be what I already talked about before when I was a kid and we had that mare in the pasture. Um, just running as fast as we could. That was the first time I felt it. But I I mean, it's kind of the same as yours. So sorry if that's yeah. cheating, I guess. But I hadn't done that since because every time I had um, ridden a horse after that, it had been in an arena or underneath or under instruction. And so, you know, it wasn't even a fast lope. It was like a very slow collected lope or a slower, you know, collected canter. Um, and when I was in, I was in Oregon and we had uh, these just, you know, these kid horses, trail horses, just the typical, not really well trained at all, but dead broke at the same time. Uh, they could stop and go and kind of turn and that was about all you needed. Um but we had this very small trail that went through, um, you know, it was in the Mount Hood forest. And so very tall, thick, thick, thick trees and, um, just a lot of, of greenery. Um, and the trail was only a foot, 18 inches wide, you know, just bare, you know, barely big enough for the horse to walk on it. And it was a loop that was about a mile and, um, I was with some other friends and we were riding, uh, bareback and we were just going to make this loop and, um, you know, we wanted to, to make them lope knowing that these horses don't really know how to lope all that well. And so I was in the front and I just let him go. And of course these are, these are pretty barn sour horses, so I don't recommend this, but I know that that horse was running as fast and as hard as he possibly could because he thought he was going toward home or toward hay or something, but, um, he had just opened up as far as he could go. And, um, I was riding him bareback and I just remember his body was stretching out so far and then, uh, coming back together and then stretching so far out again that I was almost kind of sliding back on him. And so, um, kind of like what you said, like a jockey, I had to get my uh, hands wrapped in his mane right behind his ears. And, I just remember having to literally tell myself over and over to just relax because I knew that if I tightened up and tried to concentrate, I was going to come off in a second because, you know, this is a trail. It's not one straight loop. It was kind of in and out and curved and then down a little bit and then up a little bit. And the good thing was, is I knew this trail like the back of my hand. I had been doing it, riding it all summer long, but that horse was running so, so hard and it was just the the thrill of it and um, just the wind in my face and the mane hitting my face too and just just having to think to myself to well literally not think just you know sit there and and enjoy it and 
uh, it was so addicting that we kind of started doing it every single night. So you can imagine how well that was, that was helpful for the horses. That was the other thing is it was also in the moonlight. So <laughs> I knew the trail very well, but I couldn't quite see where the turns were coming up at. Um, but I think this, that first day was amazing. And so I couldn't, I could not wait for the, the kids to, you know, the kids that we were teaching, um, to leave that next day so that we could do it again. And, it was just that, just a total feeling of, uh, you couldn't think about anything else in the world, but you just feel like you're flying at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, our business is really built on the idea of trying to create horses that create fun for people. We don't, we don't really care that everything is just so. Do we put the perfect handle on a horse? You know what? I think we put a pretty decent handle on them. You know, we work on lateral flexion, vertical flexion, getting them, you know, rounded up and, cl- and collected. And, uh, you know, we work on all, all that kind of stuff. But is it as good as if you were to send them to like a reining trainer? No. No. We're, we're all about trying to get these horses experiences that make it so that they're going to be okay in a multitude of different scenarios and situations. Um, and so whether we're training a horse that you're bringing to us or whether you're purchasing a horse from us, um, such as through the buy a Mustang program, our goal is to try to make it so that they can, can get into a lot of different scenarios and circumstances and still be very effective and safe and fun to ride. Um, I think it's just been really, really important to us um, to follow that mission statement. So our mission statement is to send home a respectful, well-rounded, and well-broke horse that can handle a variety of situations. Um, And the way we do this is putting hundreds of miles on them in all kinds of different scenarios, around town, in the arena, on the dirt roads, in the foothills, on the mountains, and all kinds of other miscellaneous things. Um, and I just think that we do this better than just about any trainer out there. We, we have big country all around us, and these horses get worked, they get worked hard, and they have a lot of experiences. They don't just sit and run circles in the arena, um, although there is a fair bit of arena work associated with it. Um, I'm especially proud of the way that the Buy a Mustang program has been going. We've got, I think there's currently three of them, isn't there? Three Mustangs that we've got through this program. Yeah. And um, we've got one that we just barely started and then a couple that have been in training for about four or five months now. Um, and the ones that have been training for four or five months, gosh, they, they are really, really, really nice horses already. Um, and they'll get a lot better before we send them home. But um, I just think that at the end of the day, what are we trying to accomplish here at Sam Pete Horse Training? We're trying to send home horses that are going to be fun for their owners to ride. And that equals as safe as we can get them, as respectful as we can get them, as well-rounded as we can get them, as well-broke as we can get them, and as as good as we can get them in a, in a whole bunch of different situations. And so... Um, I just, I really think that we're putting out some good horses. One little tip for all the listeners, if you're going to take your horse to a trainer, especially to us, (laughs) you need to make sure that they're there for long enough for the trainer to actually do a decent job with them. Um, What's, what's your experience been, Anna, difference between say 45 and 90 days? Oh, it's been a huge difference, um, especially when it's not a colt starting case you know with the cold starting cases I feel like we're kind of starting more fresh but um, when we have a more experienced horse that's coming that has a lot of bad habits that need to be um, fixed you know 45 days is just enough to get him to start thinking um, but it's not quite enough uh, in my opinion to really start to solidify those into the horse's brain and so 90 days just makes a huge difference it's kind of at that point all the horse has ever known 45 days you know, is maybe sufficient, but I feel like it's uh, easily forgotten. It doesn't take much for the horse to go home and, and for all of that training to unravel quickly. Yeah. 
I think my own personal opinion after having done this for a couple of years now, um, like actually the company, you know, form formed and, and, you know, actually taking on client horses and in a, in a real, uh, formal process, we've been doing this for two years now and a long time before that. But my experience in the last two years has been that our customers, our clients are really not all that happy with 45 ish days, eh, sort of at 60. 90 they're starting to be pretty pleased by the time they get to 120 they're they're pretty much always happy with the result and i just think that um you know if i were sending my horse off to a trainer i think 90 days would be probably the absolute minimum i'd be doing and i'd probably be yeah, looking more towards 120 to 150 days so um and so that's something you know a lot of people call us up thinking oh we're, we're just gonna do some amazing work in 30 days but it's amazing how you know, the first 30 days, like if you were to take like, okay, hundred percent of training in 120 days, like, you know, the, the total package, everything that you're going to get out of, out of the horse in 120 days, the first 30 days, you maybe do like 10% of the training, <laughs> the total final, final product The you know, the next 30 days, you know, from 30 to 60 days, you probably do 25% of the training. And then the next 30 days from 60 to 90 days, you're probably doing like, you know, 50% of the training. And it, it just goes up. It's just amazing how that last month of 120 days, it seems like you're getting double what you did in the first three months. It's just crazy how effective those, those last, you know, the last month is in a longer training sort of a thing. So that's something to consider for sure. When you're looking for horses that you want to be a lot of fun to ride, don't be expecting them to be a lot of fun after 30 days especially if you're sending a horse that has issues to a trainer kind of view it like building a house. If, if, if I go onto a clean brand new lot, that's never had a house built on it, I can build the house and be done in six months. But if I got to go onto a lot that has a house already on it and I got to tear that house down first, clean it all up and then build another house, it's going to take me nine months, right? Yeah. Kind of the same thing. You send us a horse that's got some issues it takes a lot longer to fix the issues and then get the horse back to where they want to be than it is just to start with a fresh, clean slate. It's one thing I love about the Mustangs. So Anna, what do you think about the difference between starting Colts um, that have a fresh slate versus those that have maybe got a few issues as far as the end happiness of, or, you know, somebody being pleased with the end result with, with customers wanting to have fun with their horses. With the clean slate ones, you know, you're, you're teaching them and um, giving them a foundation and they really don't know anything else. And I think that that's uh, pretty important. Um, and that's why I kind of prefer to, not kind of, I guess, that's why I prefer to always start with the Colts or the Mustangs because you're giving them, um, you know, a solid foundation and they haven't ever known anything else. You don't ever have to teach them to not be, you know, trailer sour because that never even uh, becomes an issue in the first place. And uh, when you're working with a horse that does have these issues, it's certainly possible, uh, but the longer the horse has gotten away with it, um, the uh, longer it's going to take to, uh, you know, fix it. And that's the thing is it's, it's like if you... Uh, uh, spend an hour um, with the horse and uh, they're learning bad habits through this whole hour of training, chances are it's not going to take one equal hour of training to, uh, you know, backtrack all that. It's going to double it. And so, you know, if, and I think that I've heard one of the, uh, one trainer say it before that, yeah, each hour you train a horse to do something, it'll take two hours to undo it or something like that. You know, and if you think about it, that's, um, if you're riding a horse and they don't have a very solid foundation, um, it's what they've always known is going to come back very, very quickly. And so when you've had a horse that has only known to get away with some things and then they have a short time of training, they may come back with what appears it to be fixed, but it's not going to take much for that to unravel because uh, the majority of their life has been one way or the other. And so it just is um, a lot easier to start with the uh, with the Colts. That's kind of a clean slate. Yeah, 
one thing I've loved about the Mustangs is they come to us with absolutely zero bad yeah. habits. <laughs> it never happens. They they come to us as a totally clean slate, whereas a um, you know a, a domestic colt sometimes might even have a few issues to begin with. So. Um, you know, the, the buy a Mustang program, I feel like is going to really start to take off. We've had a lot of interest in it and the horses we're putting out are really, really good. And that's one of the reasons why is because we're not having to deal with bad habits. You know, they're, they're flighty and afraid at first because they're a horse, but they don't, they don't have any of those bad habits. And so we're able to really formulate in their mind what's acceptable and what's not really ingrain those good habits into them, which makes it much more likely that they end up being a truly fun horse to ride when we send them home. So parting thoughts about having fun with your horses, Anna. Well, that's all of it. Horses are all fun. They're inherently fun. Yeah. Until next time, enjoy your horses. All right. See you guys.